listening to Do Androids Dream in podcasts, the entertainment and culture podcast of Not the Public Broadcaster. I am your host, Reese Dobigan, and I'm joined for the second straight week by Alan Stringer, the gonger. Alan, what's up? Hey, man. Uh, not much. Boom! <laughs> and that's how you start a show. Yeah. It's like, we're going to get it off with a bang. No. We draw them in with just like really casual, like real life stuff. We're like a cinema verite podcast. It's like, what's going on with you? Uh, just doing my taxes. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a bit of delay in the, the audio, and I think it was because I was... Uh, searching something on Wikipedia, and yeah, and then I'm, I got a brain fart. Uh, I'm back. I'm here. I'm 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 doing it now. You're multitasking, <laughs> so that's you know, just mad skill. Yeah. All right. So, Alan, let's get down to business. Last week, we did our Oscar preview show. We talked about some categories that we were excited about previous winners, what the films we thought were going to win this year. And uh, I don't know if our listeners realize this, but we did pretty good. We were we went three think, for four. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah. So yeah. I had originally picked, and now I should say we went three for four, and the fourth one I think was one of my big snubs of the night, but that's just me. So... I went best original screenplay. I thought Get Out was going to win. I got that right. Uh, I yep. guess best foreign film, Loveless, was going to win. It lost. Just travesty. You thought best cinematographer, Roger Deakins, was going to bring home his first Academy Award, and he did for Blade Runner yep, 2049. Very happy about that. Yeah, and then you also thought best actress, Frances McDormand, for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and she also won. Yes. So had the best speech too. <laughs> yeah. So you went two for two, and you pulled in the biggest highlight of the night in your pick. I went one for two, and sort of I I, I don't really know get out. That, that was its only award that it won, and Jordan Peele was cool, but like I think I think you did better in your little predictions there. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So now, <laughs> talk. Okay, Roger Deakins won. That was awesome. How did you? Were you? You were obviously happy about that, right? Yeah, well, the guy deserves it. I like he's he's de- deserved it. Movies past. We've already talked about that. Um, I was just I was happy to see him on stage, and I was happy that he was. He comes up and he he's very humble about the whole thing too. He says it's a team effort. Absolutely. It was just, uh, I was happy to see, a, like, I don't know, like, the regular guy win right. that reward. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> it just, it was it, it was a very humble thing for this Oscar night that was just uh, um, a bunch of people patting themselves on the back. But then you get this guy that actually has this huge talent of, uh, on him, and he finally gets it. That's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've been on the on the ballot 14 times, I feel like 
when you win it, you're you're either just you're probably so relieved that there's not really much to say other than like, hey, you know, I've lost thirteen times, and so when you've lost thirteen times, you can really appreciate winning or like being recognized. So, yeah, I thought I thought that was a good moment for sure. Uh, what did you think about Francis McDormand's speech, though? It kind of got the big headlines, obviously, because of the the Me Too movement and the, uh, the 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 diversity and equality in the industry aspect of her speech. The whole inclusion rider thing got Twitter all abuzz. What did you think about um, about her acceptance speech? Uh, I thought it was the best speech of the night. I thought um, I like how she she came up there, and it wasn't as if it was scripted. And it wasn't as if she practiced all this stuff. She, she kind of just went up and she got every all the women to stand up and say, "Hey, look around. Uh, it, we're it's like a growing thing of inclusion." And in Hollywood, uh, like I gotta say, that inclusion factor isn't exactly there um, when it comes to uh, women filmmakers. There's a lot of actresses and stuff like that, but when it comes to filmmakers. Um, the the crew, the directing, all that stuff. Like, it's nice. It's nice to have that inclusion. I think, and um, I don't think Hollywood does a very good job of that at all. And we know we know all that from uh, this past year's um, uh, controversies and all that, all that. But um, uh, I, I thought. I thought it was a meaningful speech, and I thought she uh, she was sincere on it, yeah. um, if anything, yeah. And now maybe I'm a dick, because this is just... But the thing that I really enjoyed about her speech was that part of it was, like, you got to see her talent on display. Like, she started the speech with this, like, you know, uh, with, like, a little bit of a performance where she kind of said one thing and then went, but I've got a lot of things to say, and you were like, oh, like... That's Frances McDormand. Like, she even kind of put a little bit of her style into the speech, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah. So I really like that. I really like that. Now, I, I thought, yeah, I, I thought her speech was good, and, and it, it clearly was, um, you know, one of the highlights of the night. And it and it also kind of addressed sort of the, the so rueful political message thing that a lot of people get worked up about when it comes to the Academy Awards. Um, but I did it in a really, I thought a really, like you said, a meaningful way. Uh, it was just really well done. It wasn't so heavy handed. My favorite speech of the night, uh, and this is more for like personal reasons, was Sam Rockwell winning for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, <laughs> based purely on the fact that he dedicated it to Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, who, you know, I'm not a I'm not an old person. I'm only, I'm just 30 years old. And so when Philip Seymour Hoffman died, I guess about five years ago, that was like the first big moment of an actor that I really watched and and like like appreciated on a level beyond just oh he's an actor he's a he's a whatever he's a performer. When he died, I was actually really I was really upset um, because he's just he's the films he's been in and his performances have meant something to me. Like those films mean something to me. And so when he passed away, it was, I was really upset. 
And so Sam Rockwell dedicating his award to him was a really touching moment. I think one of the funny things about the Academy Awards every year is they do those in, mem in memoriam montages. And that's always one of my favorite parts of the show. And you get to, you know, appreciate all of those, all these great talents who have come and gone. And so for him to kind of do that little, very personal version of that, dedicating it to him, I just thought was a great thing, you know, like in the spirit of friendship and the, in the memory of this great talent that we lost too soon. That was my favorite speech tonight with Sam Rockwell's. That's a good point. Um, a little bit off topic, but, uh, I just, uh, want to say in that memoriam, they, uh, forgot, uh, Tobe Ho uh, Hooper. Did they? Uh, they, yes, they did. Directed uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they used a clip in some montage of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I was like, why would you Academy bastards? <laughs> I can't believe you do that. But yeah, let's uh, let's give a shout out over here to Tobe Hooper, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, you're in memoriam uh, over here at Gonger Reviews and uh, not the public broadcaster. How about that? <laughs> wow, I did not realize that. And Adam West apparently Googling it. Adam West? Adam West was, was I, not oh, featured in there. How could I forget about Adam West? Who else was missing in I, here? He's just always alive in my heart. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Powers Booth? I loved Powers Booth. Miguel Ferrer? Yeah, wow, there was some... Bill Paxton? Was he missing? Bill Paxton was in there. No, he, he, was, he missed last year's. Apparently he didn't make the cut for last year's. Okay. Wow, I didn't realize. Tobe Hooper, like, that's... Uh, I mean, he made, like, the quintessential, one of the iconic horror movies ever. Like, that's that's pretty... Practically invented the slasher. Yeah, like... <laughs> wow. Well, the modern slasher. There's a, there's a few slashers right, before that. Right, right. But it's but... a landmark... It's a landmark film in the genre, right? Like, if you talk about <laughs> pinnacle... Uh, you can't have a horror movie collection without having Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which, by the way, I still have not seen. Um, <laughs> I've seen it too many times. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's in part. I mean that's in part because I did not enjoy horror movies as a younger person. Like I legitimately, they scared me. They did what they were meant to do, and I couldn't watch them. And now, in the years since then, I I really enjoy a good horror movie. Like really appreciate them well done, but I just still haven't gotten around to it. I saw like 10 seconds of it on TV when I was like nine years old. And I, I think that's still ingrained in like my subconscious. Like it's just, I can't bring myself every time I think I should watch it. It just, I have this flash in my head of Leatherface bursting out of a hallway door and chasing somebody. And I'm like, Nope, not today. Oh, it's a it's a scary ass movie, actually. Like I get scared watching it, <laughs> but uh, I love it. All right. Uh, okay. Onwards and upwards. So now, Roger Deakins' great moment, Frances McDormand. Now the movies that I that I picked, the A Fantastic Woman won for best foreign film over Loveless. Um, I can't help but think that there is a certain political aspect to that, only in the sense that. Loveless was a Russian film, and America hates Russia. For... I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right, and and a fantastic woman. While it's a you know it's a wonderful film, um, 
the lead actress, I, I guess you can, can't, I don't know if you, if, if she goes by actress or, or how it is, but she's a transgender actress. And so there is a little bit of that there where, when, listen, when you get Academy voters, they probably have not seen any of those movies, maybe one. And so they probably end up voting for those things based purely on like reputation. And if they know, oh, that's the transgender actress, well, that's a very current thing. That's something I care about is equality in film. And they vote for it. So, you know, they're not going to vote for the Russian. They're going to vote for the more westernized um, cultural flashpoint thing that everybody's supporting right now. Um, and in spite of the fact that Loveless, I think, was a superior film. Uh, yeah, well, like, uh, I thought this was a very political Oscars, too. Um, not to, not to throw it down to you too much, um, but I, like, I kind of felt like there was a few wins in there that it, uh, it might have been just political, like, but at the same time, I haven't seen some of these movies, so I, I don't know, and I don't want to really comment Right. too much on that but it did it felt a little political like just the general atmosphere of it all felt a little um scripted right i guess you could say well i mean a, a funny example uh of what i was mentioning even is best documentary was icarus which was all about uncovering the russian doping olympic doping scandal so a movie about that one and then a russian movie for best foreign film, lost. So it's like maybe they can't. I'm not saying that they they correlate, but just kind of an interesting coincidence at least. But yeah. And now, the other one, Get Out, which won best original screenplay, both of which we wanted to win and hoped would win. Um, I guess that's I don't know what what else there is to say about that, but I thought it was very deserved for Jordan Peele. Um, yeah. Just he did a great job with that film, and I think that. Um, he definitely deserved to win that one. You agree? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That, that long silence is <laughs> I like, thought yeah. you uh, had yeah. more to say. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm really happy that he won for screenplay. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping he was going to take it for director, too. Mm. But... Uh, no, actually, I was, I was actually really, really hoping he'd take it for director. I thought that was a nice, tight film. Yeah. And, and uh, and, and a true film, too, with no gimmicks or any, anything wild about it. It was just, like, a very, very awesome film. Well, and, but it, the screenplay was, like, that was the thing about that, that film. And, and him winning it for that, that's, that's awesome. So. Let, let's jump to that, then, really quickly, because it. In terms of, like, everyone wants to talk about movies that were snubbed or, like, nominees that were snubbed at the Oscars. That's always a big topic. My biggest... I thought that this was kind of a strange year in that you felt there was some politics maybe in it. And, I, I, yeah, I guess I could see that. But I thought it was really a sign that it wasn't a particularly strong year for film across the board in the sense that... All the movies that won, I kind of just shrugged my shoulders and was like, yeah, I guess I, I can't really argue with it or against it. Not because I think it was more like it deserved it, but it was like, what the hell else was 
going to win. I just felt like it was a really weak field. But the only categories that I didn't think that were any category that had Phantom Thread in it. Any category with Phantom Thread in it, I was like, hands down, that should win. And it won costume design, but it lost... P.T. Anderson lost for Best Director, and the picture itself lost for Best Picture. So you thought that that Jordan Peele should win Best Director for Get Out. I felt P.T. should win for Phantom Thread. Neither one of them won. Guillermo del Toro won. Now I'm going to throw this to you, because you you liked The Shape of Water. Did you not? Yeah, I gave it... I, I think I gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's Oscar-worthy. <laughs> But you wouldn't. You don't think Guillermo del Toro should have won over Jordan Peele, or or PT, um, for that matter. Oh, like, um, yeah. I I don't know what they're thinking, really. Um, like, I guess it comes to a vote or something like that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But uh, Phantom Thread, that was an excellent film. Yeah, and Get Out was an excellent film and shape of water was an excellent film but when you're when i'm i'm looking at the oscars and what it should be for awards um it should be the most film of films i guess you could say the most like um the uh i guess it would be the the hardest way to make a film and presenting it like perfectly in a way having limited resources and creating something very, very cinematic and, um, meaningful. So get out, had a very meaningful message and that that's a tribute to the writing, but it was also a very tight film and it was funny and it was relevant and it was, um, and it, it, it just, it's. I think it all around that that should have won best direction. Um, for Phantom Thread, uh, again, it's just a really really tight film. The writing's awesome in it. The uh, direction's awesome in it. Everything about that movie's awesome. Uh, Shape of Water. I think he had all everybody. Um, everybody's working with him right. on that one. He had all the resources. And he was able to create an awesome movie with all the resources. That's that's just uh, how Del Toro works. Uh, he he's able to take all those resources and use them all, and not have anything fluffy in there. And um, so I don't know. I guess it's a matter of opinion at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, at the other at the other um, at the same thing, um, Shape of Water is a very Hollywood movie. Get Out isn't, Phantom Thread isn't. Yeah. 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 I. But it's interesting to me because I, th- I feel like what shape of... If you, if you just look past the content of the films, what they're about, um, and you just focus on the essence of those films and how they feel and how they look... Both The Shape of Water and Phantom Thread were kind of classical Hollywood films. The yeah. thing about Phantom Thread, I felt, was that 
You know, it was a film that you could have watched in the 1950s or the 60s or 70s or 80s and it would have felt universal and eternal. It has a very classic cinematic uh, style to it. It's just simple, good shots, nice angles, painterly, like, and Shape of Water is, is fairly similar. But the difference is, like you said, I think Shape of Water is more awards seasoning. Whereas Phantom Thread is just like, it feels like a film that was made by a great director in the 50s and it's one of their best films and that's that, right? And so nobody's thinking about it as like, oh, this is an award season favorite so much as something that when we look back on it, we'll say that might be P.T. Anderson's best movie. And Shape of Water, people will look back on it and I don't think it will age as well. No, uh, no. Not with the... Not with the special effects used and everything like that. Mm. Um, when, when you look at it, though, there's a lot of uh, practical effects used in Shape of Water. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's... Like, it might age well. Um, but I think it's going to age well, like, ten years. And then it's going to start... So something's going to come out and it's going to look way, way, way better. Mm. Uh, but like you said, Phantom Thread is a classic movie. It's going to survive forever. Um, and I think the same with Get Out. Right. It's going to survive forever. Um, I think a lot of those, like, um, uh, I didn't see Lady Bird, but I have a feeling that's the kind of the same idea. And maybe I didn't see Call, uh, Call Me By Your Name, but it, again, same idea. So, yeah. yeah. I think Lady Bird has the feel of a, like, a 1990s indie movie kind of thing like it'll survive that way where people will always return to it and be like oh like that was a really like it had an energy it had like something going for it and it'll survive that way like longer you know whereas Phantom Threads just this kind of movie where you're you could only know that it was made in 2018 like right now it's a modern film because of how HD it looks and like that Daniel Day Lewis and so there's these little markers but if you were to drop it back in the 70s on the cameras they were using and if it was like a Robert De Niro in the lead role instead of Daniel Day Lewis or, or something like that it would still feel relevant and eternal even in that time so that's yeah that's that's a really interesting thing about it now now in terms of best picture <laughs> I thought this was really interesting, too, because basically what they've done is, for Best Picture, the voting is different than the other categories. The They have to, uh, you have to submit your ballot ranking the films, one through however many are on there. So what ends up happening is, um, basically, it can turn into a... The winner is, it becomes almost like a Canadian uh, federal election where the winner is sort of like the least disliked film or the least disliked party for that kind of comparison. And I feel like that's why Shape of Water sort of won is that Get Out probably got a ton of like first place votes. All these people were like, yes, this movie is so great and yeah. But you had a lot of people who probably went, yeah, but I don't know, nothing special. And so it probably got just as many low votes as it got high votes, whereas I feel like Shape of Water was probably, to most people, like a consensus, I'm going to put it in my top three 
and it doesn't drop much further than that. And as a result of that, it won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess that makes sense. Uh, but I, <laughs> I think that's disappointing. Like to me, that I, I think it's disappointing too. Like, uh, um, basically, if you want to boil it down, Fishman fucks <laughs> one best picture. Yeah, and that's weird for me. I, like Fish I like Fishman fucks is popular. Yeah. Like it's a popular film with voters. Nobody was I, really offended that she fucked a fish man. I'm not offended by it, but it's <laughs> weird. Like yeah. it's such a weird movie to win best picture. Um but like I don't know is it is that is that what uh is that what we're going for these days? This um like uh are we are we always looking for the fantasy and not the uh, the reality of things? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. Um, like I I love science fiction. I love fantasy. That's uh, that's right my right in my wheelhouse. Um, when I write, I only write science fiction. So, um, like I like that. That's another thing about this. Um, would you consider this movie a science fiction movie? Shape of Water. Um, no. No? No, I guess... See, I'm torn. I'm torn on it right now. Because if it is a science fiction movie, it would be the first science fiction movie ever to win Best Picture. Right. And for... And then... But we had a rival, like, uh, two years ago. That's the science fiction movie that needs to win Best Picture. Yeah. Not Fishman Fox, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess if you com- compare it to Arrival, though, yeah, it's it's science it's science fiction. It's it's a it's like a fantasy science fiction, but with a lot less fantasy. Like it's not Star Wars, you know. All right, I where just... you're like that's a fantasy movie. You know, Lord yeah. of the Rings is a fantasy movie. There's you know, there's a certain amount of science. To that, there could be fishman species out there. Who knows? I don't know. I, I just I just pulled it up on the IMDb and it says adventure drama fantasy. So oh, we still we're fuck still IMDb good. IMDb don't oh. matter. What's that? IMDb don't matter, man. The categorizing stuff. Hey, give me a break. Well, well, I'm just saying maybe maybe we we we're in luck here. Uh, maybe that hard sci-fi because I want it to be a hard sci-fi that yeah. wins that. Um, something like a 2001. Or Children of Men, ch- Children of Men, um, Ex Machina, something like that. A hard sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Not. Yeah, not... this was. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I agree with you. But, but but you know what? That that makes sense though, because in the in past uh, Academy Awards shows, that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, science fictiony film that bridges the gap. It's the one that feels like a commercial fantasy film, the the kind that make a lot of money, which is like basically every uh, blockbuster movie now is like a fantasy science fiction film. But mm-hmm. if you scale that back, you, you make that kind of movie and you scale it all the way back to the really low, uh, uh, like a, a high concept kind of science fiction drama movie that's not a big blockbuster, 
then people want to vote for it. That's when the Academy and all the Hollywood people are like, yeah, I like that. But if you make a hard science fiction, people don't like it. People in the industry don't like it. That's that's very true. And it doesn't it doesn't put asses in seats either. That's uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Now they, speaking they, of that, speaking of that, I have to say we got to mention that this was the lowest rated Academy Awards in gosh, I think they said since 1972. The Ooh. ratings are down 39% since 2014, down 20% from last year's broadcast. So, even though The Shape of Water won, and it's the kind of movie that you think fantasy science fiction that would put bums in the seats, it didn't bring people out bums in the seats watching the show. What's up with that, Alan? I didn't know that. Um, well, it, it kind of goes with uh, some of those nominations that I thought were just very strange. Um, for example, you had uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, Logan. It was nominated. Right. And I was like, well, how is that movie getting even nominated? It, like, it, it's a fine film, but that's not Oscar-worthy yeah. <laughs> by, by any means. But, I don't know. Um, like, yeah, maybe that's what they're they're going for. Like, uh, they're, they're saying um, for the, they're, there's already hype building for Black Panther um, that it's going to get nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um so like, yeah, maybe. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I, I can't really say much about it. But um, maybe that's the direction uh, they're going because the public's not watching the Oscars. Um, but that's not what the Oscars is about. The Oscars should be about awarding um, excellent film. Yeah. 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 I, you're basically talking about this is an industry that can't reconcile what the Oscars is and and what its appeal is, right? Like, they're, they're two different things. The Oscars is about recognizing the art of filmmaking, but it's also a TV show. Yeah. And those two things do not jive. Like, they don't go together. So unless, if you want... The Oscars, to be a TV show, you have to make it not about the art of filmmaking and start nominating nothing but big, draw, blockbuster films. And I don't think, to their credit, I don't think that the Academy wants to do that. And that, to me, is the right thing. Um, But people aren't going to turn out to watch that kind of a show. No, they're, like, uh... I don't, like, I... It's not on the. It's it's not around the water cooler either. Like you go to work and everything, and nobody's talking about the Oscars. Nobody's talking about movies. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same. The same. There's no content out there. There's nothing like um five six months like that before forever. Films now. So uh, I don't like the like it's good that film getting made. It's good that people are making films. But also like, is it is it starting to turn into a, a cheap art? Um. That's something that's always on my mind is like uh, the the thing that I love the most is it becoming cheap and do people think it's cheap because it's not yeah. it's not cheap um, like you see a movie like The Phantom Thread that's not cheap and you see a movie like Get Out and that's not cheap um, even Three Billboards uh, outside uh, uh, Ebbing Missouri that's not a cheap film these are like meaningful 
um, films that make you think and make you feel. And I didn't get that with Shape of Water. I didn't, uh, I didn't feel anything for that movie. I, I, and it didn't change any way that I thought about, um, anything in the world. It, it, it's like, if anything, the shape of water will become lost on me eventually. Yeah. But like some of the movies that I've seen this year, I thought were just absolutely fantastic. And they're always on the low budget. They're at the underground film festival. They're at the, um, um, something that you find on the internet um you heard it on a podcast somewhere somebody said this movie came out this year you never even heard of it it came from germany you check it out you don't even get it you have to watch it a few times but you're still feeling it you're learning it um i think that's what film is for me um i think what the oscars is is exactly what you said it's just it's a tv show Mm -hmm. and it's um it's starting to lose its flair on people because cinema is starting to lose its its flair on people. Yeah. Well, I, see, I'll say, I don't know that cinema is losing its flair. It's almost more like it's just competing against itself in all these other ways. You know, it's competing against itself mm. now because everyone is making TV, you know, or like whatever you want to call streaming uh, episodic programs. It's not even TV anymore. You can make a TV show on YouTube, for God's sakes, right? And Netflix and all these things. So they're competing with themselves. It's like no one wants to go to the cinema anymore. And that's what the Academy Awards was always about, was like the cinema. But now you're just like all these other places people can go watch content. And there is so much more content. So, yeah. I just It's like one of those things where if, the, if they want there to be good ratings, they have to make it a TV show and... And if it's a TV show, then it's not what the Academy Awards is supposed to be about. So they just sort of have to live with, like, one or the other. They can't. I mean, if they do try to bridge both worlds, as they sometimes have tried to do, it's just going to be, I mean, it's just going to be a worse, it's going to be a worse TV show, and it's going to be a worse spirit of film at the same time. So, Yeah. Well, there was that one Academy Awards, I think it was... It was a few years back where uh, Jack Black did all that, all those. Um, uh, it was just like the, it was just like a lot of comedy in it. Right. Um, that has to be one of the the highest rated. I don't know if he hosted the Oscars or something like that, but it was just like him. I remember. I can't remember it really very clearly, but it, he was uh, doing a spoof of Lord of the Rings, and he played all the characters or something like that, or he played one of the characters. He's saying Jack Black stuff, and I think that sort of thing um, will will draw people to the Oscars. I think um, people also saw, oh, Jimmy Kimmel's hosting the Oscars again. He's funny. I like yeah. him. Uh, but let's you almost have to market those yeah. things beforehand, though, right? Because people aren't gonna tune into the Oscars the night of if they don't know that Jack Black is gonna be like hilarious and doing all these sketches you know what i mean like it's they don't they don't just show up on saturday night live and say hey the rock is hosting tonight and people are like oh i'm gonna tune in now like no it's too late people are already the show's already happening you tell them a week ahead the rock is gonna be hosting and he's gonna be doing all these sketches and people love it so yeah anyways well we're we're going over time here alan 
Oh, are we? Sorry. <laughs> We're going overtime here, but no. Get in your last word. I'll, I'll okay. get, like, let you get in your last word. Well, I was but This like, is it. the last time. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, uh, the just going back to that point, I saw Dave Chappelle was on the, um, the roster for a presentation, and I, I thought, oh, man, Dave Chappelle, he's going to come out there and he's going to, like, throw all these punches and make fun of all these actors and stuff. And he was just, like, presenting uh, a musical thing. And I was like, oh, that's it, eh? <laughs> so, you know, step it up, Oscars, if you want it to be a TV show. I don't know. Schmer. <laughs> yeah. Dave yeah. Chappelle castrated on national television. That's that's no fun to see. Can't have Dave Chappelle and not let him go cutting edge, man. Can't do it. I think they just called him and was like, hey, you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. How much you pay me? <laughs> yeah, man, I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Alan, it was a pleasure as usual. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. All right. Check out Alan on Instagram. What's your Instagram account, Alan? I screwed it up last week. Uh, it's uh, at gonger underscore reviews Booyah. for the best reviews in the world. On the entire planet. You heard it here. Check him out on notthepublicbroadcaster.com along with sports, politics, and other entertainment articles, as well as our podcast. You have been listening to Do Android Stream and Podcasts. I have been your host, Reese Dobigan, joined by Alan Stringer, the gonger. Until next time, folks, we are out.